coming to get those whose will with the soul. We thank him this morning for the opportunity to come together to worship and have love in our hearts, always one to another. For God loves us, and he said he is love, so let's accept it that way. We're going to read this morning from Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together to worship. Lord, we realize that things may change one day, but Father, we want to be ready, Lord, to stand before you and stand before those who come against you. Lord, regards to what may happen or what may arise, let us know that you are real and that we walk before you and we hold your hand. God, don't let us worry about things that surround us or come against us. If the world fall, Lord, wherever we are, let us hold fast unto you and know that you love us and you will take care of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade, upon thy right hand. The sun shall not strike thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, and shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and for forever. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. What a promise to be reminded that he's our keeper. You know, when you feel like you're on your own, it's such a security you feel when you read those kind of promises that he keeps us no matter what we go through. He keeps us when we're asleep. He keeps us our breathing, our heartbeat. He's the God of our life. Amen. Um, I was reminded this morning, um, years ago, I put this together, uh, actually for Brother Joe, that uh, goes to the nursing home with the ministry there. It's a list for uh, scriptures for healing. And so what I did, it was on my heart many years ago, just to go through the scriptures and find those scriptures that pertain to our healing that we can take back to God. And I know there's a lot of sicknesses that are going around. And so I printed out a lot of copies in the back if you want to take one. Um, At the bottom, Brother Bram says in the sermon, God has provided a way. He said, God has to keep his word. God doesn't have to heal to prove his power, but he has to heal to keep his word. That's right. God doesn't have to prove anything. He's God. 
but what he speaks, he's obligated to his word. So I want to encourage you, um, you know, we call out the names and and the ones that are going through, you know, a a need, but take his word back to him. Go through here, pick a promise, and keep reminding him of his word. He'll come to that word and make it alive in your own body, and you'll see the healing manifest. So, um, Brother Michael, would you come this morning and take up the tithes and offering? trials of this world was getting closer Oh, the trials of this world. 
Stand as we sing that second verse again.
Man changes. Seasons change. God never changes. We can depend on that one thing. A world of change. Everything's changing by the second, by the minute. God don't change. He's the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now the Word's down here, dwelling in human flesh. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see each and every one of you. We still got some out there sick, and uh, we sure are praying for them. And we uh, we know Brother um, Bob is in, uh, he's at Brother Larry Harris, so he'll be there this weekend. And he better hurry and get back home with that storm coming. So there's some. There's some precipitation heading our direction. I don't know that it's going to hit us, but uh, it might up there. So just pray for him. And also Brother Luis is, is with Brother Eric, and they're heading right straight toward it. They're going to Jeffersonville tomorrow to to show Brother Eric around to the, the tabernacle and the things like that. So so just remember them in prayer that uh, that this storm won't, uh, won't bother many. So, uh, uh, but like I said, we got many sick. Um, we sure appreciate the Lord's healing, and that um, thing will be back there that Brother Joe ran off for you to read those scriptures on healing. We know he's a healer. There's no way we can uh, we can doubt that because man's man's really tried, but they just can't they just can't do it. God's the only one that can do it. So uh, this coming Wednesday, Brother Eric will be back with us. He'll be here, and then he'll be leaving the next day to go to. Uh, Honduras, so just pray for him. Uh, his brother uh, Ryan already said January the 28th, Brother Isaac Negron will be here with us on Sunday. On the 27th, we're just going to have a little drop in. It's not going to be a party, but we, me and Tabitha, are going to celebrate our birthday party, not from the church, it's from us. But I thought we'd have it here. That way we could centralize it. If you want to drop in, bring you a little something to eat, we'll do that about lunchtime on saturday so it's just a, whatever you I, to get them together in fellowship at a restaurant you really just can't but if you want to get together and talk to some of them then brother isaac his wife Selah, richard negron the older the, the dad of the bunch he'll be here so that's going to be interesting and uh then brother um elisha and sister melissa will be there, here too so we'll have almost all the Ohio group down here, and, and we really hearing some, they're having some trials up there, but I talked to Isaac yesterday, and they're going to baptize three people today. They've got um, about, uh, they've got a lot of older people that ran around with them out in the world, that went out in the world, and now that they see that, that Isaac and them are coming together as a church, they're coming back in, a man and a woman that were living together all those years, got under conviction, got married, and they're going to be baptized today. And then Sister Anna, the one that uh, that had the baby the other day, or a year ago now almost, she's going to be baptized. So we just appreciate the Lord working with them and um, and establishing them with uh, 25 or 30 people now instead of 14 or 15. So they're they're doing really well. So bringing some families in. And, it, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Sent them all the way around the world, brought them, brought them here, then sent back up, and then they... Got their own pastor now, and and that's why you need a pastor. You need somebody to lead you. All right, uh, we all do. Also, let's see. Uh, February seventeenth will be the Valentine's banquet. Uh, Brother Dutch Scott will be here that weekend with us. Only one service on that Sunday, but Saturday will be the 
hundredth annual Valentine's Day. I don't know how many we've done, but but just remember too that that uh, keep Brother Dutch in prayer. He's really struggling with his health, and we just continue to keep him in prayer. Uh, also, for those of you that are, like I said, Wednesday night, if you are are widowed, uh, there's deer meat down in the freezer that Lord was gracious enough to give me four deer this year. So. So some of the deer meat downstairs in the freezer for those of you that are single. And if you are finished and don't need any more, then we'll let everybody else um, take it. If they you look at that little package that says hot, that sausage, believe you me, it's hot. So if you like really hot sausage, take it home with you because I mistakenly got too many hot. So if you mix it with a mild, it's not too bad. But I think there's one in one of those down there. But just enjoy yourself with that. Uh, Sister Johnny wants some, so we got to send Sister Johnny some. She is a widow down there. She called the other day. She said, how about bringing me, getting Brother Robert, bring me some deer meat. And I said, okay, sister, we're going to bring you some deer meat. So uh, we appreciate the Lord for letting us do, uh, be able to hunt and fish and do all the things and and enjoy ourselves. But then be able for you to enjoy it if you need some, some good uh, nutritional meat. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to. We're still on the Son of Man, but we're on the beginning part again. Um, We're going to probably next Sunday start on the church ages. So if you want to read the church age book, we're going to fly through it really quick. Uh, We've been through it a hundred times, but we've got to connect it with the seals because the seals and the church ages are connected together. So we sure do appreciate the Lord for helping us to to try to begin on that. But let's start with this as we we, uh, begin the beginning part four dear heavenly father thank you for this day lord thank you for the words you give us thank you for all the songs and all the worship lord and the fellowship lord now i pray that we'll settle down and listen to you for a few minutes lord just teach us lord to to wait on you father and and be patient and and good things will come father i pray lord that as a church family lord that good things will come this year if we'll bind ourselves together lord and just not let the devil come between any of us and and sickness come between us and Lord, we pray that you'd restore everyone to health, the, the tribes and different ones, Lord, that we know that's called and said they wouldn't be here today because they're all sick. We see that sickness going through uh, different uh, whole families, Lord. I pray that you'd just rebuke that thing today. In the name of the Lord, as the word goes forth, as you said, you healed the people. Thank you for helping Brother Anderson and his family, Lord, and get them through all that, Lord, that the immune system would be built up. And I, Lord, you put all that in place. You knew we'd need this, but you knew that we'd need prayer. So, Father, I pray that you'd be with us and bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, as we were talking about Wednesday night. <clears throat> we'll background a little bit on that. All things were made by him, whoever this person is. Now, we'll talk about him, man. Whoever this person is, he's, he just made everything, all right? He even made the devil, but he didn't make the devil the devil. He made him Lucifer. He made him the anointed cherub. And then the cherub made a choice. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Then verse 14, God thought so much of that word, he put it down in flesh. And that word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You can be seated, and the Lord has blessing to the reading of the word. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, we were. Um, if you weren't here Wednesday night, we'll give you a little bit of a background here, uh, we were covering something because if we see that 
it's a paradox. We must see that we're called out of the age, that our, that our soul is in heavenly places that we were talking about, in another dimension because it's eternal. And, but it's, it's caught or encapsulated in, in this body that we're living in. It doesn't migrate or it doesn't move or it doesn't, I breathe my soul out into Brother Michael and he breathes his back to me. No, you're an individual and a person and we'll get to that. God thought so much of that. He made it so individual. He made it so individual that you are, you're everything you do, you're an individual. All right, and as we're going to read here before, you can't blame it on your mama, or your daddy, your brother, your sister. You are going to stand before the white throne judgment. If you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your soul, you will stand there by yourself, not as a family. All right, and you can't stand there and say, well, my daddy made it, so why didn't I? No, your daddy made it because, and you didn't make it because. So you can fill all that in, all right? <clears throat> so we got to have our own personal experience with God. Everybody with me on that? You got to have that, and you got to have the same thing with these virtues. These virtues don't cover families. No, individuals. Always an individual. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Watch how Paul articulates this: Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? All right, He's took us from somewhere. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now watch translate. That's transpose or transfer or remove from one place to another. We've been removed from the supposed the power of evil. Amen. That's in our soul. And we are. But we still have a spirit to deal with. All right? It has not been translated. It was something we got when we got here. It was a nature that we have to fight. But if you're born again today, you have been translated into the kingdom, and you got a place in the city. city's already being built, and it's being built in you. All right? We'll get to that maybe a little bit this afternoon where John saw the city, and it looked like a bride. The bride looked like a city. But he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son to transpose, transfer, or move from one place to another. Change of situation or place. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now look, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now we were talking before, and we're going to read it again, where in this age is the beginning of the creation of God. It's when the Son of Man is to be revealed so much to where we look back and see that the real you didn't do it. All right, remember, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Brother Brown says justification, you did it, but you've been forgiven. It's as if you never done it. And then you're going to realize the real you didn't do it to begin with. All right, and quit holding on to all this baggage from the past. Come on, somebody. That's our problem, the baggage from the past. And it bothers us, but we should not let it bother us. We should cast what? The Bible says cast down reasoning. Yes. Cast down all that. Get rid of our emotion that that well. Well, I I I I I got these feelings about this and feel. God didn't ask you, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? All right. He never said anything about feelings. What about a son of man? You're talking about somebody that uh, he's the prince of peace and and the great. Uh, everybody goes, well, Jesus is so loving and caring, and and I just want to be that way. Well, guess what he did? They killed him for what he said. And it was the absolute truth. It wasn't a lie. It was the truth is what they killed him for. So guess what? Same way they'll do me and you. They'll kill us or kill our influence, one of the two. 
So who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Now, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So somewhere we're going to see this image of this God unfold. And remember, you're going to see where God says, you've never seen me at any time, but the, the Son has declared the Father. All right, just like we were reading there. All right. For by him are all things created, that heaven, earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things. Now watch how Paul, Paul is bringing this from heaven to earth. Yes. And he is before all things. And before him all things, and by him all things consist. And he's the head of the body. The church is not in heaven. The church is here. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now, see, you can't say that about Adam. Adam was not born. He wasn't born again. He didn't have a choice. God gave him eternal life because he was the first man. He was going to be the first example of man on earth that was going to live and be eternal. But we know what happened. He sold us out, and then God had to take all that away from him. Amen. He took all that away from Adam. Didn't take eternal life away from him, but he took him the ability for him to live eternally in his body. So then Adam, 900 years later, he had to die. All right. Sin curse finally got him after 900 years. Genesis 2 verse 7 said, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now we were talking about this in the Bible study and, and some on Wednesday night. Let's just remember one thing. I'll, I'll, Brother Brown, I'm going to prove it. And Brother Dale's preached it many, many years. That Adam was, Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground. His body was. But remember, his soul was that theophany that, that was Genesis 1.26 that could rule and reign and and, you know, uh, the, the wind would move and he'd say, stop, or this mountain would move and he'd say, all right, I need it over that way. He was the architect of the earth in his spirit form. All right? But when he put that into the 2-7 man, God gave him a breath of life just like a baby born now. We proved that the other day. He didn't come here with eternal life in him. There's only one person that did that, and that was Jesus Christ. When that baby breathed on whatever it was, it wasn't Christmas Day, but in, in April sometime when Jesus was born, that was the breath of God. All right, you and I are born by the breath of God after the new birth, but we're born by just regular natural breath that God gives us when we're born here naturally into this world. Everybody with me? Then Jesus said to them, Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye. The Holy Ghost. Now, remember, he did not. they did not receive it at that moment. That was a promise. The prophet of God tells us. I didn't read the quote. Save time. Brother Brown said that was a promise, and it was a promise because where was the Holy Ghost at that time? It was sealed up inside of that man called Jesus Christ. All right? And being sealed up inside of that man, Jesus Christ, until he left because he promised them, he said, I'll come back, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter, which is me. I'm going to send back, and he did that on the day of Pentecost, so they couldn't receive it right then because Jesus had not left to send it back. Because in other words, if he just breathed on them and he had been standing on the earth, and then his body, his church body had started right then, they'd have two bodies on the earth at the same time. Everybody with me? Don't get quiet. So Jesus had to go away. It's expedient that I go away so that I can build a body down here. 
Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. That's what we're heading to. That's what the seals are going to do. It's going to head us toward the, our body change where no one else has been able to do that. And it's not just going to be a happening. It's not just going to be a day on the calendar. It's not just going to be something that uh, that God just concocted up one day and said, I'm tired of this. We're just going to have a, a day right here in, in November the 24th of 2024. I'm going to change everybody's body. No, that's not the way it is. You're being changed right now. You're being changed right now. If you're not being changed right now, if you're not changed from what you were, you need the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will change you. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. See how much power you get when you receive the Holy Ghost. All right? Blasphemous names, Brother Brown talks about the church as a mystical body of Christ, born of the breath of God. Now, not as the baby. you got to take the baby out. Because they were already on the day of Pentecost. They probably were in their, what, 20s, 30s, 40s, some of them in their 50-year-old. They had been breathing natural breath for a long time. But all of a sudden, God breathes into them, especially into them, just like especially into Adam he'd breathe, the breath of eternal life, and they became an eternal person with God. Now, that's what happened to you. If you're born again, God breathed the breath of eternal life, not regular breath, eternal life into you, and you became a living soul. Because we were dead before, right? The Bible tells us many, many times we were dead in tra- trespassing sin. We were, Brother Brown said, we were on our way to hell. We were on our way down. Now we turn around, we're on our way up. So born of the breath of God, oh, did you get that? The church of God is born of the breath of God. God breathed breath into the nostrils, look, spiritually of Adam. Not natural. Adam was already breathing natural. That's why he separated that. And we'll see in a minute where he says, not what nature gave you. Nature gives you breath. Listen, when a, when a dog is born, God don't give him a soul, but he sure gives him breath. And he breathes all through his life. Right? So they're a living being, but they're not a living individual being. They're born of nature. We know that. But spiritually, he breathed the breath of life. Spiritually of Adam, and he became a living soul. There's many. There's a doctrine one time, a long time ago, Brother Dale was telling us about it, that, that without the new birth, you're not a living soul. No, you're a living soul when you're born. No. Now, it says here, become a living soul. What does that mean? That means that you were, what? The Bible says you're dead while you're living. You can breathe really good, natural, good breath and be dead as a hammer. Dead in trespassing sin. Dead to, to God. But when you become what? Spiritually breathed upon. And spiritually you become a son and daughter of God. What does that do? You become a living soul. Your soul is then eternal. Has new thoughts. New process. So did you know the Pentecostals or the true Pentecostal church is born of the breath of God? Now what is that? I hope my battery's not running low. I thought I plugged it in. I'll plug it in in a minute if I have to. Now, so let's look and see what that breath is. The Brother Brandon talks about Logos, and I just found a definition online, and it's the same thing as what he says. It's, it's when you start speaking. It's the speech. It's the talking part. All right? Because we can understand God. How can we understand somebody, again, that, that we never saw? He had no place to put himself. 
till he started creating. Well, it was all formulated in his mind from the beginning to the end. Yes, sir. From the beginning to the end, it was all. Now, how are you going to understand that guy? You can't. But the part we need to understand is all that redemptive blessing that we're in under now, that's what we need to understand about God. Because, listen, there'll be more for us to understand about God when we get there. Amen. And there's more for us to understand now till we get there. All right? So we did not get it all at one time. But God's got it all. But how are you going to understand that person, that logos or that logic or that logo? How are you going to figure that out? He's got to step forward and start talking. As we said Wednesday night, you can get a good sermon, you can have a good testimony, and you can walk up here and not say a word for 45 minutes. And you got it up here, Brother John. It's formulating, that sermon is formulating in your head, but until you speak it, until you logos, until you let it out, it does nobody any good. So it wasn't going to do anybody any good for God to just stand there by himself because he had attributes, he had feelings, emotions. Yes, God did. And he had a, bra- a mouth. He had speech. And remember, when he speaks, he can't say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. No. Now that we can't comprehend. Because how many times have we, even this morning, thought of something like, oh, no, I don't think I want to do that or not. I don't think I want to do that. So, so this Logos, as Brother Brown will explain here in just a minute, it, look, it's logical connection between an idea. Now, look, it includes facts and statistics. To me, the facts and statistics, that did, go, that did go out. The facts and statistics that we are under is your Bible that you got in your hand. That's a fact. And it gives you statistics how that David slew Goliath. Boo devil. I had this thing plugged in. But anyway, so we can start without it anyway. We'll get it started. All right. So we have a we have a place though that where God can we can understand that even a man that can that didn't exist didn't need anything to exist by is there. So then that person that person then, by the Logos, you have to have something to look at. So there was a theophany that was made. That Genesis 126 man was a theophany of God. Right? Hmm? right? right. Because theophany is two words. Theophanian, which is God being manifested. Or the manifest, visible manifestation of a deity. That's why when Brother Aaron was talking about us coming together... I mean, look, if you get around bride, that's the manifestation of deity. But that world out there is not the manifestation of deity. Now, it might have a deity, but it's the deity of the devil, not the deity of God. Something they worship out there. So we know where God is. And we know God has given us a soul, which is our theophany, as Brother Ram says. Because it's there with us. That's what's going to be judged. You, your soul, you. But God had to become a theophany first so he could stand out and say, let there be. And then during the Old Testament, he could walk in the cool of the day and talk to Adam. So he had a body. Had a mouth, ears, and all the different things, parts, because that's what Adam had. And we were made in his image. All right?
And the commentator said, it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't show up in Scripture, but we, by the revelation that we have even of the end time, we can look back and see that how God appeared as the angel of the covenant. He appeared as the captain of the host. He appeared to Moses, as we'll read here in a few minutes. He appeared to Abraham in theophany with a body around it, but that wasn't Jesus. That was prefigured Jesus. That was the theophany of God which was Jesus when he got a body down here, all right? Everybody with me. Why did Jesus need a body? Because you got one. I was talking to Brother Isaac yesterday, or, yeah, yes, last night, and he was talking about the change of the body. I said, well, that's where the seals has got to, the seals has to show us. The seals has to break. We'll see where Brother Ram tells us. Without the seals being broke, you're not going to understand full redemption. Because the seals are full redemption, not that the wild horse rider was the Antichrist. That is a revelation, and that does get you started. But it says, Brother Donaldo said, Matthew 24, 24, there's them two spirits. That's what you and I got to discern. And remember, it was in, in Brother Branham, and he said, there it goes. Oh, that's hard for people to get. But he said, here stands a lamb with a book in his hand, there goes a wild horse rider. If you read back, and we'll get into it later on uh, in the maybe next week, Brother Brown says, I would have made a horrible mistake. So what mistake? Was God going to make one? Come on. Was God going to make a mistake? Was God going to make his word wrong? But Brother Branham did. Read the mighty conqueror, 1959. He reads Revelation 6 and calls that the wild horse rider with a man standing on it, sitting on it. It's Christ. But not when the seals broke. When the seals broke, it tore apart and divided that Matthew 24, 24. And we'll read it later on with the two spirits. What did Jesus stand up and say? Beware of false devils. No, he didn't say that. He said, beware of false Christ. Christ. Anointed ones. Separate them. Brother Brown says, even in the church age book, we'll read it later on where Brother Brown says, he said, when we get a true revelation of the two spirits in the framework of this church, I pointed to me and you. Like someone was speaking the other day, said, God, what was he when he was back under millions and millions of years ago? He was just like this space, and he gathered it up into the Logos where we could understand he's going to talk. Then he came from the Logos down into Christ, which is the anointed one, or the the, uh, theophany. It's God coming down like this to the earth and then going right back into God again. Don't you see what I mean? Just revolving, coming down from space, eternity, rolling together, coming down to Logos, Logos down into the man, then return right back again for one purpose. What? To redeem that man that had fallen. So he did all this for me and you. Now, that's what he came for, to be a redeemer. And before God could be a redeemer, he had to be, according to the law, kin to us. So he had to be born a baby, because that's what me and you are. We're born a baby. All right? Now, there's different things you're talking about. Brother Brown, now he says, but God put a soul in a man. I want us to understand this. That soul is the most important thing. We can groom it, lose it, dress it. And your soul be just as black as night. But God put a soul in a man. Now watch this. This white cloud deity came down, not in the animal, in the man. All right? He's talking about Adam. 
Because then here's this man. And now the man sinned. All right? Now look. Adam didn't sin in his soul. He sinned in his spirit. If you're born again today, you have sins. Not in your soul, but in your spirit. Everybody with me? See how Adam and us has got to be the same except you couldn't take Adam as your redeemer because he's not kinfolk to you. In the, listen, in the evolution, I say create, not creative evolution, but God's evolution, Adam was the first man. But like we said before, you can, uh, you can go back and search all you want to. We came from three people. Ham, Sham, or Japheth. We come from one of them three because no one ever had another kid. We came from them three. Yeah, the whole world was populated for three men and three women, the ones they were married to, okay? So we all came from that. And it was all mixed up and gommed up, and, and there's no way you can find your true origin except I just put my faith in God. Amen. That he knew where I was at before I got here. And he knows where I'm going after I get here. And he made a place for me to go to. You ought to be satisfied with that. Man does not know where they're going now. Got an election coming up. Got this one over here. We got Trump and we got this one and we got that one. And we got, they're already calling him the Antichrist. And they, they just don't know what the Antichrist is. Right. They're living in that system now. Yes, sir. Right. Right. The Antichrist system is anti-Christ. Yes. Right. So it's a Father, Son, Holy Ghost, baptism, Christ? No, it's anti-Christ. That's why Brother Ram had to come back. That's why the Word had to come back into power where God could use us again. Because things in the Word is... Uh, that man tore the pages out. Oh, we don't have to do that. Our denomination says this. Nicaea said we're going to do this. The Nicolaitan spirit, which that's what we're going to cover in the church ages, you're going to see You're going to see that God now... Now listen, God now, we look at it, we see where Brother Adam, he, he goes back and he says... Here stands the lamb, and there goes, he, he see, separation. Yes. All of it separating. Yes, all right? Well, now, what he's saying is, is that when they got Nicaea, they were going to try to join it all back together, or join it together to them. Mm-hmm. You go talk to a real good Baptist, a Methodist, and you go through all their major doctrines. Right. It's the same as the Catholic Church, right. except for communion. Yeah, right. Right. And Brother Brown said, that somewhere they'll compromise on that. To get into that World Council of Churches, they're uniting. <clears throat> they're uniting. We are too, but we're united time and sign to the bride. To our what? To our husband. Now they have a husband too. <clears throat> and when he ascended and fell, let's get back to Adam. Then that little cloud in there. Now look, God didn't do away with a little cloud. All right? It just became marred and black. The flus got stopped up. Adam started using something he'd never had before, and that was a carnal mind that would allow him to lust. We might get to it today. We may not. We'll get to it this afternoon for sure. Brother Brown talks about babies and why they all go to heaven when they're young. Because they have no sin. I'll read it to you. He said, they have no sin. He said, you can't have sin and go to heaven. He said, but one time when a person comes or a kid or whoever you are comes to the age of accountability to know that's wrong. 
Then you become accountable. Then you become, uh, Brother Brown talks about recording angels, recording what you've done. But before that, look at how innocent you're born in. You think, well, that baby was born from from um, uh, prostitute and, and um, you know, whatever more. Well, it doesn't matter. Can't hang out on your mom and daddy. You and God. Same way with Adam. He didn't get. He, he gave Adam a choice. He said, "You eat this, you'll be fine. You don't eat this, you're not gonna be. You're gonna be good. I'm not gonna be happy, and you're not gonna be happy." But that little cloud in there became marred and black. Then the Logos came down. Now that's we're talking about Jesus Christ now, and was made flesh and dwelt among us to redeem this man back to the love of the Father. And he came in by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and chased sin out of the human. Praise God. And brings man back again, again in fellowship with God. We will see Jesus. In the beginning, God was the Spirit. All the fountains of goodness and mercy and power. Love. God was the center of that fountain. And then the Logos that went out of God in the beginning became what we call a theophany. In other words, a supernatural body. God is just not like the air. He's in a body. Praise God. Our God is so much different than what people analyze him to be in this world. Everywhere you see God, he's a doty old granddaddy. And he's walking around with bald head, bald head, no hair. And whatever he's got is gray. And a beard stooped over. Well, that ain't God. Because you know what? They go back to Daniel where it says the ancient of days. Well, listen, if you're eternal... You'd be the ancient of days and look like an 18-year-old kid. And that's what God did because he can't change. And he didn't change when he came down here. He just took on a flesh body and changed it back. That's what he's going to do to me and you. So Moses seen him pass and said he looked like the back part of a man and so forth. And then that same theophany was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld him, the only begotten of the Father, Christ. And I was looking on wine. Uh, just seeing what people thought about Melchizedek, you know, out in the world and, and different things. And they, they have no clue. They're fighting over if it's just a, uh, it was just a, a, a dream that Abraham had or, and, and it was a, a priesthood. So it was a bunch of people. Uh, it wasn't just this one person. And how can this one person talk to Adam, I mean, talk to Abraham and be without father and mother? How can he do this? And how can he do that? How can that? Well, it's God. <laughs> God veiled in human flesh. Good Lord. See how they don't understand? God can do whatever he wants to do. Because he's God. But he can't do any more than what his word says. John 1 says, 18 says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared him. As Brother Brown says many times, he said, You don't see the real William Branham right here. He said, You see the shell that I inhabit. Because I believe today, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, your soul is not the age of your person outside. How could your soul feel like you feel outside and be eternal? Somebody talk to me and tell me that. Amen? I'll be 64 coming up. I got this ache in my arm that I ain't never had before. I didn't even know I had a muscle there. Somebody was laughing the other day and heard my one of the sermons I was talking about, you know, kids. They just jump up out of the bed and then I have to just say, all right, come on, feet. My hands get numb now because I put them over my head. My, yours too soon? 
Yeah. But see what I mean? She's old. I put, um, she's older than me. You put your hand over here and then you get up in the morning and you go. And you do that. You spend the rest of your waking morning doing this because you sure don't want to grab something with it because you don't know you got it in your hand. Okay, and Michael's going, yeah, right, sure. Sure, you just wait. I hope you don't see my age because you'd be doing my funeral. So how do we declare God? We declare God just the way Jesus did, by his works, by who he was. He didn't look like God. Hold on a minute. He was 30-something years old. Now, remember, God's a kid. God's 18 years old. He ain't never been old. But he was unveiled in that flesh that came onto the earth through the womb of a woman, came into Satan's domain, and right then his body began to, de- began to deteriorate. That's a paradox. But inside of him, his soul never got any older or younger than it ever was. Same thing with me and you. That's why by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I can see that my soul is 18 years old. It's that image. Where'd God get that image at? He took a picture of you, as Brother Adam said, way before the foundation of the world. And you're going to come to that image because he can't change his mind. I said before, if he loves you, then he's going to love you now. He can't unlove you. That's why he loved Adam. He can't unlove Adam. Even though what Adam did, what Eve did, he loved them both. Or he'd have destroyed them both and said, hey, I'm going to start over again. But he didn't. He didn't say the day you eat there of all the knowledge. He said the day you eat there of, that day you're going to be cursed. And you're going to die. So the only begotten of the Father hath declared him. Or, the definition of that is to unfold a teaching. So God was standing, I mean, Jesus was standing there. He said, hey, if you know me, you'd know who my Father is. Because I declare him, and they looked at him, and he said, he said, before Abraham was, I am. And they're, they're looking natural. They're going, hey, you're not even 50 years old, and Abraham's about 800 years back that way. Well, the I am wasn't. The I am was back there before that. The I am's the one that wasn't talked to it. The I am is who Abraham met, and that I am is who you and I got to meet. Because to meet him, he'll change your body. But to let him walk on by. There's no telling how many people Melchizedek walked by. Because remember, that wasn't the first time that he, he was with Abraham. He found him in the first of his journey. When he became victorious and slaughtered the kings, he brought him bread and wine. Where did he get that from? And he brought him into a group of people because there was Abraham and about 300 of his servants and, and all everybody else was pretty much annihilated. So he goes in and serves him communion. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. To know that we can... The, the, the reason I think Brother Branham could tell us so vividly all these stories is because God let him see them. Yes. And by revelation, we see them. Because you know what? I was in Melchizedek's soul when he talked to Abraham. You were in Melchizedek's soul if you're born again when he talked to Abraham. Praise God. That's why we can understand who Jesus is because we were there. But remember we had that white cloud. That cloud was marred and black. Right? 
But where were you? You were nothing. Only in the mind of God. Where was the mind of God when Jesus was on earth? It was inside of him. Palm Warren Locust, Caterpillar. The Blessed Holy Trinity. It's a man-made scheme, an old dirty church rag wrapped around to take the place of the sap line of God's Holy Spirit. I bet he made some people mad that day. There's no such a thing. <clears throat> well, it don't bother us, does it? I hope it doesn't. There's no such a thing. You find it and come to me. You're duty-bound to do it as a Christian if you find it. It's not in God's Word anywhere. And the whole Father, Son, Holy Ghost is hatched out of hell. There's no such a thing as three gods. That theophany never taught that. Everybody with me? <clears throat> but it took a man to come back and restore. Even according to the Old Testament, there had to be a jubilee. There had to be a release every seven years. And then seven, 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 the seventh time around, seven, seven is 49. The seventh time around to the 49th year, there had to be a jubilee where everything went free. Amen. And that's what we'll get to in the church ages because there was a group that went three, went free at the end of Paul, Irenaeus, Martin, all those. Right? They went free by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But they never celebrated a jubilee year where everything went free because their bodies laying over there somewhere in the grave. Or in the dust of the earth. All right? So they didn't all get to go free. There was some of them, had, some part of them had to stay. But in the Jubilee, you throw down the hole and you took everything you had and you left and you didn't have, owe that guy nothing. Amen. Praise God, that's our Jubilee. Amen. The power of God was taken back to its original. The 50th day of the year. That's why we needed another Penta. We needed a Pentecost. We needed a 50, a Jubilee, not just a day. 1906 was considered Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell. But we should have a Pentecost or Jubilee every day. As Brother um, Joe was saying the other day, we need to let our hands and our mouth know it, though. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Why? He was in a body that was changed. His body was eternal standing right there. Now, before that, it was dead, cold, in the grave. Just like the ones that are waiting now. But by the quickening power, what happened? That same spirit that was in that man... That theophany came back and picked that body up and stood out there on the earth and said, all power now has been given unto me. In other words, I've changed this thing. Yes, sir. He that believeth in me shall have eternal life or everlasting life. Brother Brown said, now look, there'll come another year of Jubilee and that we've had it just about this time. Now he's talking about the cycle of Pentecost, 1906, and coming into now. Or then, if you notice, Pentecost has been falling in America for about 50 years. See, because that was 1906, and this, this was 1961, so he's a little more than 50 years. And we've had it just about this time, somewhere on that time, 50 years ago, Pentecost began to fall. Now, that's what happened. Look, the church is receiving. Now, look, who received the seventh seal book of Revelations? Who, who, who? First church age? Second church age? No. Three, four, five, six, seven? No. They rejected him. But we're under the seventh seal book of the revelation of Jesus Christ of the seven seals, and not one-tenth of them can receive it. Wow. That wasn't even, that's one out of a hundred. 
But when you begin to see the year of Jubilee, where we don't have to fuss and strain and pull like this, but we're already secured in Christ. We already have the name of the Lord Jesus in back. Watch what he's saying. Everything now is being restored back. We have the correct water baptism. We have the correct doctrine. You can say whatever you want to about Brother Branham. His doctrine was correct. We have all these great mysteries that we're going to bring up in these seven seals and prove to you that them was the seals that were sealed from the eyes of the people. Because you know what, Martin Luther? Martin Luther was a Trinitarian. He preached that doctrine that was hatched from hell. But God wasn't looking at that at that moment. God was looking at him bringing a people out. The just shall live by faith. All right. Then a little bit more, then a little bit more. And now that's why when you come to the seven seal book, we, we know all the mysteries. It's not sealed from the eyes of this people. It's sealed from the eyes of the people down through the church ages. Of God being my helper, I've proved to you that they could not see that by the Bible. Then sure, if the Bible said so, you'll believe it. That they could not see nothing but Father, Son, and Holy Ghost until this time. They could not see that there was no eternal hell until this time. So what is this? This is the dispensation of the open book. The dispensation to where we should not have to worry about water baptism. We know what it is. Revelation 3.14. What we've been talking about. This is the one in our time. And to the angel of the church of the layout of sins, right? Now, what was the angel? The angel was a messenger, right? We had a messenger come. All right? And what did he speak? He spoke about the beginning of the creation of God. The faithful and true witness, not a false witness of a false baptism or the false witness of an eternal hell. No, he preached the truth. Jesus Christ is the beginning of the creation of God. Revelation 1, is that right? Revelation 3, really. Then when was God created? He is the beginning of the creation of God. And God is eternal. Is that right? But when God was created, when a little baby that was conceived in the womb of a mother, a virgin, she began to develop these cells within her to bring forth this little baby, that was the beginning of God's creation. For God was made flesh and dwelt among us and become Emmanuel, God with us, the beginning of the creation of God. I'm going to read you a quote here in just a little bit. Brother Adam says, you are now the continuation of that creation. God didn't just create it and then destroy it. Uh-uh. He created it for a purpose. So God came down after going through this, and now every son you eat, born of a natural sex birth, the way you come, then when it comes to a place to where you go through water baptism, then Holy Ghost baptism, then the Holy Ghost comes down into fire baptism and claims this creation the same as it did him. The Holy Ghost and God is the same spirit. See, it comes down and claims this body. That's hard for people to understand because most people, 99.9% of the people that are not message believers, and a lot of message believers believe the same thing. This body you're never going to see again. You're going to get a brand new one come from somewhere else. Ask, you ask around. Mm-mm. It's this one redeemed. That'd be really easy. To just put this one in the dust and go get you another one. Because God's a creator. But remember, if we created in his image, whatever image is inside of this guy now, 
He must have enjoyed that, whether you do or not. And he put me in this flesh body. Give me 64 years in a couple weeks. But I'm still in the image of what he saw me back before the foundation of the world. But now that that has come to connect to my body down here, it's going to stay there whether I pass away and my soul go in another dimension, my soul's going to come back and pick that same body up. Because let me ask you a question. Was Jesus' body in the tomb after he resurrected? Isn't he our example? Isn't he the firstborn from the dead? He had an empty tomb. We, 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 we... That's what we hang on to, that there's no body in a grave. Because everybody else has died, whether you cremated, thrown in the water, or wherever. You got something somewhere in this earth. God didn't. He was born from above, remember? Came down here. And when he stepped out and said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me, he had an eternal body. Still could eat. Still could talk. But he didn't need a door to get through. Praise God. It comes down and claims this. No Atlanta traffic. Boy, that just come to my mind. Travel like a thought. I go visit Brother Darty and man, I ain't got to worry about all that traffic. I'm over to make you happy there. It comes down and claims this body for the resurrection. And he was raised for our justification. All the fathers given me will come. Not one will be lost. I'll raise it up. Now, it doesn't, listen, if he wasn't going to keep up with you, why would he say that? No one will be lost. Now, he didn't mean lost like in your soul, but lost, I can't, oh, I can't find his body. I know I made it, but I just can't find it. And even Brother Branham, he says, it's not exactly the same gases. It may not be the same gas you emitted while you were here. I'm talking about the body. But it is your image of you. It is your flesh. Wherever it was, wherever it is, it's coming back. Now, here's the quote. This is That is the beginning. Not one hair of your head will ever perish. That is the beginning of the creation of God. This is the continuation of the creation of God. You and me. Then the whole earth has to have a baptism. And then the Holy Ghost comes down in the city to dwell upon the earth. And the tabernacle of God is with man and dwells with them. God has tabernacled here on earth. This whole redemption plan, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the same as it is then. Now, he's talking about, if you look in the future, I'm always talking about the same identical thing. Because the earth goes through, and I'll read it here in just a minute. Because, see, that's where denominations also. See, the reason denominations can believe that this earth is going to be destroyed, because I'm going to read it. Fervent heat, going to be all that. I'll read it here in just a minute. Peter. Remember, Brother Ram uses that scripture in the future home. But it's not annihilated. So he's not going to annihilate your flesh and give you another one. Everybody with me? If he doesn't annihilate the earth, he can't annihilate you. Because watch. Isaiah 65 says, For behold, I create new heavens. Now, boy, you say, new. Oh, that's new. Yeah, it is. And a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Praise God for that. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For I behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. Praise God, there's going to come earthquakes. There's going to come a fervent heat. There's going to come a power, a Holy Ghost fire that's going to burn everything off. 
It's going to take this world that's wobbling. It's going to take this world that's wobbling. And it's going to set it upright. We'll be able to enjoy the pleasures of God. Second Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us, we praise God. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Now watch it. It just seems like when you read this that God's just going to... Ain't going to start right back over creating again. No. Listen, what God created the first time, he can't uncreate. He can't. But he can hide it from the wise and prudent and show that they believe that it's going to be destroyed and we're going to like live on this cloud or we're going to go to this new residence. And it really tells us in Scripture, Brother Darty, that, that, that John saw the city coming down. Where was John standing? He was standing on earth. He saw it coming down, so it's going to sit down on the earth. Thank God for a prophet that just pulled those little nuggets out of the Bible to tell us. And he even read this scripture, and he goes back and, and goes into the Greek and where it says, you know, annihilate and all these different things. Well, it doesn't really mean that. It just burns it off. Yes. Same way he did with me and you, like I said before. This that used to hold a beer now holds a Bible. So God didn't have to cut it off and give me a, a Bible hand. He took the beer hand. He took the, beer, he took the foul mouth. And the eyes, and just changed them. That's why Holy Ghost fire can burn you, and you're not even. Oh yeah, you'll show it, but you're not going to be annihilated and then walk back in a new person. That's the mystery. It would not be a mystery if you could do that. If everybody could just disappear and reappear as a you know 100 percent perfect person, but that wouldn't be the plan of God. He can be a savior, a healer, a redeemer. All these different compound names of Jehovah that we see that's connected to this body Absolutely. and what we do on this earth. But the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt. Now, it didn't say annihilate. It says the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Well, it sounds like it's just going to totally... No. It took a prophet to go back and tell us <clears throat> that doesn't mean what it looks like it means. Right. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought to be ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall be on fire and shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, question mark. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And that word new is not new like throw it away and bring a new one out. It's to renew or renovate. That's what he did to me and you. He renovated our... You look at house renovation. How many of you have ever been through one? I've been through one. What do you do? You burn it? Start over? No. You renovate. You take out the old. You take out the diseased. You take out the weak. And you make it strong again. But the bones of that house is still there. You know, something people tell you, those house builders will say, boy, that house has got good bones. What does it mean? It's got a good structure to it. Now, you can take all this out and redo it, but the structure 
the bones is still here. Well, guess what? God's not going to lose one of them, he said, remember? God perfecting his church in 1954. This is why we can see you can't destroy deity. You can't destroy the deity of God. So deity lays in the man that's received the Holy Spirit. You are a son. I'm a Branham by birth. Part of Mr. and Ms. Branham is in me. And if you become a son or a daughter of God, part of deity lays in you. Part of the city lays in you. Part of the power to speak. And things happen. Power of the spoken word. And I didn't do this. God did this. He said, I'm not going to be here to do it. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it through you. I'm not going to be here physically. Talking about the breath is where Brother Ram talks about Adam. He was a breathing, living man. So he's a breathing, living man. And then we keep going on for a little bit further. He says, look, because God breathed not what nature done, but what God did. Breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. So you and I, at the new birth, that's what we get. And that's what happened. That's why I stuck that in there. Is that's what's going to happen to the new heaven and the new earth. God's going to breathe on it. Because it's the fire of God. It's not man's fire. Listen, the battle of Armageddon is going to be man's fire. We're going to come back in the millennium, and there's still going to be trees, and this building may still be here. There may be structures still here. Because Brother Ram said, remember, that seventh day, Satan's still alive. He's bound. But this sin curse is still here until the future home comes. Because we're still in seven days, the seventh day. It lasts all the way to white throne judgment. So God, what is he going to do? He's going to breathe the breath of eternal life into us. Then we're going to what? We're going to be taken out, set up somewhere. Then he's going to take nature. We're going to get that. Six seal. Nature. There's a destruction of nature in the six seal. By a holy fire. Not man's fire. Man's fire only burns so much. God's fire burns it completely up. You know what, though? He can burn a bush and not even bother it. He can burn you and not even bother it. But you'll, what you'll do, you'll outwardly produce what just got put inside of you. Okay? Because you're talking about Adam. Already in his nostrils, he had become the breath of eternal life, and he became a living soul. He, everybody understand that? I don't have to go over that again. Especially on Adam, he breathed the breath of eternal life, and he became an eternal person with God. So did me and you. Power like God, amateur God. But what happened was there was that cloud came in of sin, and that's what we're born under. But the new birth should be what? Letting out all that, getting rid of the flus that are stopped up. The unclean spirit goes out of a man. Here stands a white horse. Here stands a lamb, and there goes a white horse rider. Things are going away from us, and God's coming and filling us up. Because Dwight Moody said God will only fill those who are not full of their self. There's not room for you and God now. It's just got to be God. All right? That's what we call preeminence. The church is a mystical body of Christ, born of the breath of God. He talks about spiritually, so we're going to talk about the same thing. Spiritually, church born of the breath of God. Because if you walk around in the world and, and you talk to people, and they know you're a little different. But, I mean, us men, we could walk in any church and sit down. And be just like the next guy. 
But when a sister walks in and sits down with a dress on, they go, what's wrong with her? Oh, granny, you know what, though? That's the bride. So now we've got to transfer that back to us men. We don't have long hair. We don't chew tobacco. We don't X, Y, Z, right? Because we are the bride of Jesus Christ. We are feminist in the body of Christ. Because we're born by the breath of God. When you become a child of God, you're born by the breath of God, the breath of Almighty God. He already gave you a, 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 a body, and, and the, um, or you, your parents that body, you got a spirit, a soul, right? He gave you that already. That's what nature. He has a law. When something starts breathing, when something needs to start breathing, he breathes and gives them life, but he didn't give them eternal life. That's why we're all born dead until we do get the breath of God, not in our lungs, in our very soul. And cleans us out. First God makes a soul and a spirit. And it goes into the body. We understand that. I'll just keep going a little bit further. And we'll close here in just a second. As soon as it's born. But there's a spirit and a soul hanging near that mother. To come into that body just as soon as it's born. Just as soon as that baby born. God has created a soul and created a spirit. To be in that baby just as soon as it's born in this world. Now look. That little baby becomes matured. And it begins to learn. Like we've always said before, you take a five-year-old girl and a five-year-old boy, put them in a bathtub, give them a bath, and they're just playing, you know, and they're throwing water. And Ten years later, don't do that. Amen. Same two people. Same scenario. What's happened? Their carnal mind has been activated. All right? Everybody with me? Just as soon as that baby is born, God has created a soul and created a spirit to be in that baby. Just as soon as it's born in this world, that little baby becomes matured and it begins to learn. Then it becomes a living soul. Now, remember, it wasn't a dead soul. It becomes alive to what? It becomes alive to the senses of the world. This is right. This is wrong. Because I want to ask you a question. I just told you what Brother Brown said. All babies go to heaven. Now, how many of your kids never started lying until they're about 14? (laughs) God don't hold it accountable to you because you don't know really what you're doing. You're just born under that curse. Because listen, if Brother Brown said all babies go to heaven when you come to the age of accountability, listen, three and four, five-year-old kids, they'll lie to you. But God don't account that to them because God is so gracious to have all that already set up. Sister Alicia, he had it all set up. He knew we'd have babies. He knew that we'd have... And listen, all those babies that have, that have died, you think, well, that's horrible. Maybe not so. They're going to be in heaven. But if they'd have got up to 14 or 15 years old and made the wrong decision, they might not have been in heaven. Thank God for a gracious God that knows. Then it becomes intelligent. It's growing all... Now, that's kind of... Brother Brown, I got a little problem with that. People get in. Kids get intelligent at 14. Maybe 34. But you know what he's talking about. It becomes intelligent. It's growing all the time in God's great economy. Now listen. Here's what Brother Brown tells us. I'll say this by the authority of God's word. All right. Every baby that's under the age of accountability that dies goes to glory. Yes, sir. Christ died to take away the sin of the world. And when you come to the age of accountability, we're all born in sin. But when he died, he taken away the sin. And when you come to the age of accountability, then you're responsible from then on. All right? 
Now, the age of accountability, you can count that whatever you want to. You're the only one that knows that one day you're going to say, I really shouldn't have done that. That wasn't right. So I can't say, well, now, when you get 14, you're, no, maybe different some. But you'll know. You're not responsible for something you did not do. Christ done died to save you to take away the sin that Adam caused. We always think Eve caused it. Adam caused it. Adam's one that sold us out. But when you sin, you have to confess your sins. First, you have to confess it. But the baby's done no sin. It's not accountable for what it does. And Christ died to free that baby. And if it's born of a parent, drunkard, or whatever they might be, that baby goes to heaven. I believe it, and I believe it will come to recognition of the cross. Now, watch this. This struck me right here. Never read this quote before. I read many about age of accountability, but maybe I didn't read far enough. Now, look, and I believe it will come to recognition of the cross when it gets there. To know that Christ died for it. Thank God for a prophet. Do you understand what he's saying? If a five-year-old kid dies... They don't know anything about Jesus Christ. They probably heard it in many different languages, but not the real one, the right one. Right? 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 But when he go, that person goes, or that kid, individual, goes into whatever holding place there is, heaven or whatever dimension, he comes to or she comes to a realization, an angel probably comes up and says, hey, buddy, the reason you got here, because that guy right there. And let me tell you about what happened. And now because the baby is far as sin, it has none. Wow. Jesus died to take away the sins of the world, and the baby has done no sin. Only it was, it's a sinner. It's born in sin, but when Christ died at Calvary, he took away the sins of the world, and the baby is not responsible until it becomes to the age of accountability. Any little baby, no matter how sinful the parents are, as soon as it dies, it goes straight to the arms of Christ. Because he prayed the price, no matter if it was a baby born in sin by adultery or whatever it is, makes no difference at all. That baby is safe with Christ because he died to take away the sins of the world. Now, now look, though, and when he gets old enough now that it's done personal sin, then it has to repent for what it's done. Personal sin. Because remember, the Bible says you don't pay for the sin of your father. You pay for your sin. But it has no personal sin. Look. Until it's old enough to commit sin to know which is right and which is wrong. Thank God for a God that can do that. That knew that millions, listen, there's billions of babies died before the age of accountability. They're going to be in heaven. What a mighty God we serve. All right, let's stand. We'll, we'll, we'll cover this more this afternoon. Didn't get to my point, but we'll get to it here in just a minute. We'll get to it this afternoon. Would you love the Lord? The Lord's gracious, isn't he? To tell us that that baby doesn't have any sin. You look at it, you don't, listen, you might call it a little bitty sinner, but it ain't. Not in God's eyes. Okay? Not in God's eyes. But now, kids, when you realize, you go, oh, I shouldn't have done that, and I'm going to hide it. If you start hiding stuff from your parents, You've reached the age of accountability, <laughs> right? When you start hiding stuff and, and not telling them the truth, all the truth, 
and you know you're going to hide it because you did this over here, then, yeah, you, you probably need to start repenting and asking God to, <laughs> to uh, forgive you of your sins and baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Let's sing a song. God bless you. I looked over Jordan and I, what did I see? Coming for to carry me home. It was a band of angels coming after me. Coming for to carry me home. Oh, swing was walking with him. Elisha said, I want a double portion of what you got. I've seen you do a lot of miracles. I know God's with you. Personally, I want a double portion of what you got. Elijah said, what? That's a hard thing. Brother Brown said, it's hard to live this life that way. Amen? He said, but if you see me when I go. Problem is, they, some people ain't seen him go yet. All right? They still press play and they still think he's coming back. Oh, yeah, he's coming back, all right. 
He's coming back on that chariot. Because Elijah got caught up one day in the chariot. Firing angels, horses. Hey, Elisha saw it. But Elisha saw that he left. And what he said, he said, when you see, he said, when you see me leave, if you're here, if you're in the dispens, if you're in the dispensation to be able to see me and have a revelation that I've left, I'm going to send you back a double portion of what I got. I'll read you a quote this afternoon where Brother Brown tells us, he said, when that headstone comes in the end time, he said, what you've seen. Now, what did we see? Millions of miracles. We saw um, third pull. We saw things being created. He said, what you see in the minority, what you have seen, he said, you'll see in its fullness. Double portion. I like that song of Days of Elijah, but we're not in the Days of Elijah anymore. I think the Bible says in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. We're the Elisha now, Brother Brown said, Elisha typed the what? The bride. Yeah, oh yeah. He's gone on. But we saw him leave. We know he's over there waiting. But he sent back 1,100 and something mantles. Because what did Elisha do with that mantle before he left? He did a miracle. He said, where be the God of Elijah? And that water parted just the same as it did when Elijah was here. So God bless you. We love you with the love of the Lord. We'll see you this afternoon. <clears throat> be careful out there. Listen, be careful this week coming up. I was just looking at the, the weather. We might not get any precipitation, but there's going to be days that ain't even going to get out of the 30s, and it's going to be in the teens. So if you got if you got water pipes that are exposed or or, um, or what more plants and stuff, just take care of them. Know that, be aware that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it's going to be really cold around here. So just remember that. And uh, we'll see you back at 2 o'clock. Sweet child, you're dismissed. He are coming for to carry me home. Oh, sweet Lord.